Hello and welcome back to another episode of Box to Box. I am Alex Perry alongside Akshay Wadwani, Jeff Aza Hauser, and Jesse Levine. How are we all? Good. How are we? Well, well. How are we? Maybe maybe it could be better because the U.S. men's national team with a uh, quite a shocking 2-0 loss to Canada. Now, Jeff, when we we, we watched the game uh, against El Salvador a few days earlier, and I have to say, the first half against that was, they weren't too impressive. They really stepped it up in the second half, I thought, applied a lot more pressure. They raised the intensity. Uh, What happened against Canada? Totally Um, flat. Like every other good American soccer fan, I was not watching this game. Uh, anyone who didn't watch Bengals Chiefs and instead watched us beat can- or lose to Canada 2-0, get our, our asses kicked uh, up in the, the icy north, uh, you're not a real American. Even real soccer-watching Americans didn't watch this game. That's what fair. are you doing? I ne- to be fair, I never watched American football, and I still watch the, uh, this game. But it's a power move from, from the U.S. men's national team because they knew, they no, knew that if they lost, no one would be paying attention. It's a it's a terrible move. They they had an opportunity to go up against the the number one team in the group. Let's not let's not pretend like Canada no, wasn't. Time, I'm saying the timing of the game was a power move. No, the timing of the 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 game was hiding. They they had a chance to take on the number one team in Concacaf in the group, and they decided let's hide this game behind you know a, a beautiful NFL playoff Sunday. It was yeah. it was it was cowardice from a team that if if we're really the big dogs should be putting this game up against absolutely nothing and going up to Canada and beating them two nil. That that's what the power of a of a of a confederation does. How how concerning is this to the U.S.'s World Cup hopes? Because I believe it's not. I mean, well, hold on. How, how many how many more games do they have left? Was it sixteen games total? Right. That, no, it's going to be play. fourteen games total. So they've got four left. And they and they um, Panama is in fourth at 17. Costa Rica's in fifth at 13. They have with a five point gap on Costa Rica have all but secured uh, playing in at least the playoff. At least. Which, yeah. But I mean, we don't know. I mean, the playoffs far from a guarantee. No, but the, the last the last four games they have are Honduras, Mexico, Panama and Costa Rica. They should comfortably make it through um, that. It's one of those things where uh, we forget that they're on their level on points and ahead of Mexico on goal difference. This is a, a qualifying cycle that's seen Canada kind of surprise everyone with how good they are. And, and USA and Mexico kind of slotting in there second and third, both a little bit disappointing, uh, not quite finding their form, but I mean, there, there's not a whole lot to say other than like maybe a sneaky run from Panama maybe a sneaky run from Costa Rica could knock one of them into the playoffs. But I'm sh- I'd be shocked if, if anything other than, than the North American trio end up going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akshay, Jesse, and if you want to weigh in on this, or are we? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 a dis- clear. Yeah, it's a disappointing loss for us, especially when Canada doesn't have by far their best player in Alfonso Davis playing. So definitely um, disappointing. I don't think the performance was bad. And I think the USA coach said it well, is that, you know, we lost, but we didn't play bad. And, you know, double them in shots. I thought they controlled the game for most of it and didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And just like, what are, what are two bad mistakes throughout the game? Bad defending, bad finishing, bad runs, miscue on passes, completely different game. I don't think the performance was anything to 
write home about, but I don't think it was worthy of the 2 0 loss that, that showed on paper. So I'm not that concerned about it either. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I, I got I got something of an important question for how did Brendan Aronson look? Because he was he was one of the guys that, especially in the second half, just uh, I was talking to Perry about this uh, while we were watching the game. He runs around like a like a golden retriever. Like he has, he's not at all the same player, but he gives me Fred energy. He's just always running around like a like chasing a, a tennis ball, basically. But it, it seems like when he's on the he's field, it's it, yeah, it's not just him. It's it's the entire team that gets that same energy, and especially when he comes on in the second half, our our team generally looks better in the second half. Anyways, I think we've scored. 10 out of our 12 qualifying goals in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the shot difference is monumental in the second half as well. Like Absolutely. this is just a team that starts really slow. And remember the first couple of games were things like McKinney and, and Adams and, and Robinson and Des first CONCACAF games, their first trips to Honduras and El Salvador and Panama. Cause like these are difficult places to go for kids who have never done it before. Who've never had bags of piss thrown at them before. It's a new experience on a field that would make your high school field look like, you know, the greatest, the greatest, most finely manicured grass of all time. It like, Obviously, those are those are excuses for for a, a team that should be playing better. But it, this is a learning experience for them. Well, first of all, shout out to the lead contaminated fields in Red Hook, Brooklyn, uh, that I played at in high school. Um, Probably better than than some of the Concacaf pitches. But but yeah, I mean, I, mean, I want to give it to Jesse because because you adjusted to him. But I, I do think Brandon uh, Aronson makes Brandon Aronson Brandon Aronson does make a. Uh, quite a big difference and like you mentioned jeff you know the second half against el salvador u.s really stepped up a lot of control um really elevated their game their intensity uh but jesse what are your thoughts on yes this? i i think that it comes down to the at the end of the predictive being predictable versus unpredictable and when you bring in a guy that has a lot of energy um and you know as jeff said you know like fred energy even though fred's that good and i guess um it changes, it changes the game. It changes the opportunity to win balls back in the midfield, counterattack, um, you know, play, play a higher line. So the predictability is a lot less, which opens up the game a lot more. Um, I think it also gives a lot of space for the wing backs, especially Sergio Dust, who we know loves to bomb it down the wing. You got, have a guy with a lot of effort and energy bringing it to the midfield, allows for the defensive guys to push up a little bit more. So... Completely agree there with Jeff um, on this game. But like I said before, I don't think this is a cause for concern for the U.S. I think they played much better than the 2-0 uh, defeat that shows on paper. Mm-hmm. Well, let's – I think we've uh, pretty much nailed the head for the men's national team. So let's pivot a bit to the other big news from the past weekend and particular today. Transfer deadline day, the transfer window in January is now shut. Guys, who are the winners of the window? Who are the losers of the window? What were some of the best uh, the, the best deals that you guys thought were made and that could potentially change the course of a certain team season? Well, I mean, let's talk about um, the, the, the biggest deal that I think we all saw coming. Um, the, the French super kid is, is headed to, to Liverpool, right? Puri, you said it was a guarantee. You told me it locked and loaded 100% <laughs> it guaranteed. guaranteed. It is guaranteed. He's going to go to Real Madrid so he can develop a bit, okay? And then he's going to make the step up to Liverpool when he's ready. Yeah, he'll, he'll replace Bobby at striker, right? 
Yeah, no, exactly. Well, once he's ready and he's, you know, spent years at Madrid maturing a bit. And then, yeah, that, that's the plan. That, that, that's definitely the pipeline. It's it's definitely uh, Spain is, to Liverpool, not the other way around. Yeah, I, I yeah, can't think of any other examples of the that's other way around. We all know um, Liverpool won't accept you until you've won multiple World Cups. Like, it's really not enough to win one. You need to be two or three times before Liverpool will consider signing you. It's just kind of a, an I mean, to be fair, like, I, and I, I, I mean, to be fair, how, how is Mbappe going to get in the team now that Liverpool signed Luis Diaz? I mean, what? I, I mean, if we got Mbappe, it'd be good for depth, I guess, to rotate him in if, if uh, Jota, Luis Diaz, or Salah wasn't fit. But the reality is, he's not going. He wouldn't be getting much game time in Liverpool anyway. So, um, so I think it works out for for all parties. But on a serious note, I cannot tell you how absolutely thrilled I am with the signing of Luis Diaz. His shot is excellent. Skill, pace. I think he had. I mean, he obviously adds depth. Um, you know, he's someone who will, who will challenge Mane. And look, with, I mean, I don't know for sure if he's going to get into the first team right away, but even as an alternative front three, Firmino, uh, Origi, and Luis Diaz is definitely very formidable. I mean, we talk about how, you know, City's second 11 could win the league. Now, I mean, the three I mentioned in Liverpool, it's not, it's not a league-winning front three, but it's obviously a very respectable one that can get the job done. Um, so I, I am just super thrilled and Diaz still a, he has his best years ahead of him as well he seems exactly like the type of player that Klopp wants um just in terms of his pace we talk about energy uh his energy as well so I am absolutely thrilled and he's a goal scorer uh 14 goals and four assists in 18 Portuguese league games this season yes Premier League is a step Cause, up because that's what Liverpool struggled with truly is goal scoring this year that's where their problems are well well Hold on, though. Mane hasn't scored in a while, right? Salah is bagging a lot of the goals. Yes, Liverpool have been great, but in terms of how many players on Liverpool are actually, you know, scoring goals regularly, Mane's eight games without a goal. It's really just Jota and Salah. You know, about yeah, a few I, years I, ago it was the front three, and they were all firing. Uh, but it, it's changed now, and I think Luis Diaz is he just adds another dimension to that Liverpool attack. Alex, I actually completely agree with you there, and I think. That if I think Liverpool are by far the closest team to Man City, and if Liverpool want to compete with them, they also need some of the depth that Man City have. And having Jota, Mane, and Salah is great, but if one of them goes down, it's certainly not enough. Um, the the second line, their front three. I know Bobby is decent, but there's a reason why he's not starting anymore. Minamino's right. not good. Minamino's not good enough to start. No, um, he, he was almost on his way out, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, out. look, There's a reason for I, it, I, I think every Liverpool fan loves Divock Origi. He's too inconsistent, though, to be a starter for them. Like, you can't yeah. play Everton 38 times. If you could, Origi's the, the league MVP, the golden exactly. boot winner. Yeah, He's the greatest player of all time. Times a year, Origi's winning the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Fact, but, fact. You know, I got to go into the, the biggest winner, and I think it's the biggest signing of the summer. It's got to be Dusan Vlavic to Juve. The I biggest mean, signing of the summer? Sorry, the winter. Thank you. Um, yes, we, we don't put misinformation on our podcast. No, I, I just thought we were talking about the Australian League. Some big signings by uh, FC Sydney. <laughs> Absolutely huge moves. Hey, but, Sturge, Sturge is still playing in the Australian League as far as last time I checked. But, yeah, I was talking about big signings, though. I was talking about big signings. Very fun to watch. I think we should establish that. Also, we should not cloud the Australian League for for famously having those YouTube videos where the referees are varred up, but they're also mic'd up, and you're hearing the referees talk. And 
and, and it's, it's shown over like the TV broadcast. And if the Prem adopted that, I think we'd solve half the problems of VAR. That's true. We'd also Pretty lose sure half the content that, uh, that we use for box to box. But Jesse, I want to get you uh, Dusan Volovich. Yes, completely agree. Massive. Just what, what a player this guy is going to be for Juve. Um, 21 years of age, 70 million. And I think that in two, three years' time, this guy's price tag will be du- potentially double that. And you look at what Juve need. And I mean, they, they need a lot. But I think that to rebuild what Juventus have, you can't just go and sign players consistently in their prime. Otherwise, they are going to run into problems in two years' time, three years' time. So exactly start, what happened to them. Yes. And to, so to start building with which w- what probably will be one of the, you know, is one of the best young strikers and will be, I think, one of the best strikers in the world very soon is a phenomenal start. Um, they loaned out a few players as well. I'm surprised actually Arthur didn't get loaned out, which it looked like he was going to. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably the only surprise, but I don't think he's a bad player. And he's also not old. He's 25 years old. So I really think that that's got to be the number one signing for the winter and very looking forward to talking about disappointments as well afterwards. Yeah. I mean, also, if you look at the fact that Juventus um, for much of the Serie A season, they've actually struggled uh, in front of goal. They haven't really scored too many. So Vlahovic, hopefully to improve that. And I think he absolutely instantly boosts their chances um, for, for the top four. I mean, they're, they're out of it uh, currently out of the top four now, but he, I think he absolutely changes the complexity of that race. And let's not forget, I think um, that Zakaria as well is another big one. Um, massive upgrade on Bentancourt, who gives the ball away like Joe Rogan spouting misinformation on his podcast. Um, so, yeah, I think that Zakaria, great signing, another massive upgrade uh, with those two. I'm very pleased. But Akshay, you have an interesting one. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not the signing of the window, but definitely one worth talking about. Yeah, I honestly don't know whether to call this one a disappointment or a, a beneficial signing, because for me, it's somewhere in between. Um, but Adama Traore to Barcelona is, is a very interesting one for me. Um, and this is one of the, the first transfers I heard about for this window. And it kind of both puzzled me uh, and excited me, because I think it, it Traore, it, it's great for the player, because I think Traore definitely needed a move on from Wolves. Uh, he was rapidly losing all starting playing time there or really any playing time at all. So I think it really it, it benefits him. Uh, to move to a much bigger club where he potentially has the chance to get more minutes uh, in a different environment where he could kind of, you know, maybe uh, reinvent himself or reset himself to what he once was back when, uh, you know, he was actually feared in the Premier League. But um, it puzzles me from the Barcelona perspective. I don't really understand what they hope to gain. I mean, I guess the plan is to try and return Adama Traore to what he once was. Um but I just I don't feel like Barcelona currently has the coaching staff to do that to pull off that kind of uh, achievement. Um, Xavi, you know, is still very new, and there's still I think there's a lot of doubt out there as to whether he's truly the right man for the Barcelona job in general. So, um, Triore is is an interesting one for me. I I'm definitely going to follow his career at Barcelona very closely, um, but I don't really know whether to call it at this point a good signing or a bad one because it's it's definitely a good one for the player, but I'm, I'm not so sure about the club. It was an odd one. Jeff, I mean, he's be- he's better than Messi, so it's got to be good for the club. <laughs> Let me hop in here, Alex, for a second. And I think that the the Domitrior signing is a, like a lot of signings that Barca have. It's very much head-scratching because if you look at their 
front three, you know, potential forwards. Um, I mean, Dembele, they clearly wanted to move on for. No one wanted him. Ansu Fati, um, Ferran Torres, Memphis Depay, uh, uh, Luke De Jong. I you know, will talk, we could talk about Aubameyang in a second, but it looks like that deal is going to go through as well. I mean, how many front three guys do they have? And how many can they, like, how, it, how many can they play? The best case, case scenario I could see is that they play like a four two two two, and maybe they're playing for those guys at a time, but I don't really and see. It's really interesting to bring that up because th- this is the strategy Barcelona basically tried uh, to really negative effect like three years ago when they were signing guys like Coutinho and Griezmann. Like it's the same type of deal where they're signing a bunch of like individually talented players but who come from completely different playing styles and completely different systems on their previous teams. And it's, it's like Barcelona just expects them to be able to play well together, just like this. And that didn't work before when they signed those guys. And I, like you saying, Jesse, it's really doubtful that, you know, how they're going to make it work with this new set of guys. And I agree with you. It's just, it's really puzzling. I don't, again, I don't really understand the goal of Barcelona signing with Triori. I don't understand what role they want him to play if they're going to want him to be what, you know, he found success with at Wolves, which was being like a powerhouse winger that just beats everybody with insane pace and strength, then yeah, maybe that can work. But how does that fit with the other players that they have uh, currently in that attacking uh, roster? I agree with you. It, it, it just, it, it is puzzling. Puzzling is the word. I mean, yeah, you you expect uh, Aubameyang to be announced tomorrow as well. That's highly anticipated. And remember, as he's a free agent, he does not follow the transfer deadline uh, requirements. So he can... He can step in whenever. Um, likely that announcement gets made tomorrow. But what, like, it feels like they're just kind of rolling a dice and being like, I guess we'll take Triore and Aubameyang. Sure, why not? Like, like, like someone somewhere like flips some tarot cards and it's like, I guess that's who we get because you know Mercury's in retrograde. And they're obviously struggling. I have, a, I have a question for you guys on this because I'm just thinking about this now. I'm like. Do we do we all agree that this is a greater symptom of Barcelona not really being able to determine what they want their offensive identity to be since Pep left? The, actually, they they know what they want their identity to be. The the baffling because it's Barcelona, they have an identity that transcends uh, a coach that that transcends like a decade. They they know what they want to be. What's wild is that they're not signing players to fit that. Like like that's the thing that's head scratching. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, if they still know, then why do they keep signing players who are very individually focused and don't really fit that type of traditionally I mean, well, because they're run poorly as a club, and that's why they're like, you know, in a ton of debt and had to let their best player, or the best player in the history of the game, yeah. uh, leave for free. Can we can we get to the biggest mover and shaker of the transfer deadline, uh, the, the entire January window? Uh, are you gonna Everton. Talk about- oh. I mean, Luca Digne leaving for thirty-three million to Villa, and then the incomings is a surprising list of players. I mean, they Everton goes out and spends almost twenty-six million dollars on a twenty-two-year-old Ukrainian left back from Dynamo Kiev, Vitali Mikolenko. I'm butchering that, so my apologies. Uh, they go spend fifteen and a half million on a twenty-year-old uh, right back from Rangers, Nathan Patterson. It sounds like Delhi's coming in on a free. And it, they, uh, they've got Donny Vanderbeek coming in on a loan and they're paying a hundred percent of his wages and, you know, United pay their players. Well, they've got, uh, Anwar El Ghazi also coming in on a loan from Villa. Like 
that that's quite a little bit of you know adding to the team. That's a that surprised me a little bit. Obviously, the the Lucadinha thing is uh, has a lot to do with his rift with the manager, who is now no longer at the club. And I'll I'll bet they wish they still had the the twenty eight year old. But th- I mean, they they replaced him with a, with a youngster. Yeah, they they replaced him with a youngster. They added yeah, a youngster. A sad one. Yeah, you, you know. Uh, the one that stands out to me most is Deli Ali, not not from an Everton standpoint, but more from an individual standpoint. Like, w- what's happened to Deli Ali? This is a player who had it who had it all, absolute baller of a player, and he just like how did he decline so rapidly? I, I just don't, I just don't get it. Attitude, uh, lack of ambition, those two things come to mind right off the bat for me. You didn't, you never. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things for me, like for me, it's the eye test uh, and the listening test, right? You know, when you listen to players talk about their playing, uh, when you, you know, when you uh, look at their press conferences after they have a good game uh, or they do something notable in a match and you see those interviews with Deli Alley and he, it just, the, the responses he gave and the things he would say and the way he would frame his own career and the way he played just never really struck me as, you know, somebody who's highly motivated to be one of the greatest or to you know, achieve the potential that he once had. So Delhi, those, it, for me, it, it, it's mental. Yeah, Delhi feels like it, the I kind mean, of guy who's... talent is all there. He feels like the kind of guy who's incredibly good at the game, but doesn't have the passion for it. Like, like it's his job. The way some of these other players, it's what they live and breathe, and it's what they do. feels like Delhi wants to show up nine to five, uh, collect his paycheck, and not really put in more than that. And the unfortunate thing is that when you get to the very highest level, it's people who are uber talented who also live and breathe football mm-hmm. uh, oh go ahead jesse yeah there's a uh from last year the tottenham all or nothing um documentary spoiler alert it's it's nothing as the end result <laughs> but th- th- there's a conversation with uh jose and deli ali talking and basically talking actually exactly that about the passion and the effort and the energy put in to training which translates to a lack of playing time and a lack of success on the field during the games. And there are certain guys that are, like I said, just, you know, talented, but hard work going to be talent any day of the week. Um, hey, it's almost like Ushman in Barcelona. I think you can make an almost similar comparison. Because no, yeah, I mean, has got the talent. With who? Sorry, with who? Dembele is an interesting case, though, because of the injury history yeah. and just like yeah. there's some there's some other limiting factors. It doesn't feel like Dembele is the same level of not caring as much. I don't know like, about that. I don't know. Barcelona. Dembele, Barcelona we have to keep in mind also Dembele because we're talking about we're talking about Usman Dembele, right? Usman, yeah. 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 Currently with Barcelona, that Dembele, correct? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, for Dembele's case, I would argue more that his. Um, flop let's say was just as much a product of he he entered like those years where he was supposed to explode and be one of the best players on the planet those were also the years where he got put into one of the worst club situations in world football which was playing for barcelona during that time period when they were just and still are an absolute hot mess so i think you have to consider those factors when you talk about usman dembele whereas deli ali for the prime of his career or what was supposed to be the prime has had a pretty ideal situation for most of that I would still take – hold on. I would still take going to Barcelona at the time that Dele, uh, Usman Dembele did. Because, look, Barcelona have not been run for, for a while. That, that's, that's been established. Um, but when Dembele first got there, I mean, in his first two seasons, you know, they still won La Liga. 
Uh, and he was still getting regular game time. And Barcelona was still, you know, at the time was a top European club. So I don't think it was, I think, you know, the conditions were far more favorable, favorable for Dembele to succeed at Barcelona than they were for, for Dele Alli. And I get, yeah, but the, is, is those, those things don't necessarily indicate a good club environment, right? Like you could say most of that stuff minus the silverware for Tottenham. You could say most of that stuff for Manchester United doesn't mean those clubs were good clubs to play at during those time periods. They weren't. Well, Tottenham was, but listen, and that's listen. part of my argument is Deli Alley had a good situation. Well, we, Dembele didn't, but guys, we got plenty of other stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but but let's uh let's I wanna I, I'd be remiss if we didn't kind of slow transition over towards Man United. And the the biggest departure of Man United's January window is not Van de Beek, who went out on loan. It's not Martial who went on loan to Sevilla. It's not it's not Tuan Zebe who went to Napoli. Uh, we will get to Greenwood later, but it's not actually him either. It's not Diallo who went to Rangers. It's not Phil Jones who went to some Spanish or some French team. It's actually Ed Woodward who has served his last day as the Manchester United director. Goodbye, Ed Woodward and his greatest signing, Kohler, our, our shoulder sponsor brand, the American faucet, sink, and toilet manufacturer. That was, that was his biggest signing in his entire career at United. And he's gone now. And, uh, you know, next in charge is his best friend. So let's not like anticipate that things are going to be different. But I mean, big Edward Woodward, no longer the, the big bad face of the Manchester United board. And also quite a little list of players departing. I mean, quite a, lot. a lot of players that, that you would anticipate uh, for one reason or another kind of having a decisive summer. You expect Martial to be sold this summer. Uh, you expect Phil Jones probably to just be released this summer. Lingard didn't leave. He'll be he'll be gone on a free this summer. Van de Beek with Pogba's contract expiring either steps in and becomes uh, you know a, a starting midfielder or probably on his way out. Diallo, let's see how he does with with Rangers, but might have to be a part of replacing uh, Prison FC's newest transfer, Mason Greenwood. That yeah, team. I mean- you know, we talk about starting 11. Jesus Christ, prison FC's team. Yeah. Are we, are we transitioning uh, into that? No, 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 we're, we we're not. But I mean, just think in the last six months, prison FC gained Mason Greenwood and Kareem Benzema. And and let's not forget that Kareem this Benzema is a prison FC. That, they had Mendy as well. Benjamin they, Mendy. they added Mendy recently. And and was it this summer that, that Sigerson decided to, to uh, touch kids and also end up? Uh, he should oh, be in prison what? FC if he isn't. Sigerson, the one who played for Everton? Sigerson. Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure. I not heard is it that. not Gilfie? Gilfie. Uh, one of the first things that comes up is, is Gilfie Sigurdsson jail. Yeah. Sigurdsson. Oh, Arrested July 16th, 2021. Oh my gosh. He was nice. texting the 15-year-old babysitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> Stunning work from Gilfie, but let's not even get to the, the pedophiles. Let's we, we'll, we'll get to them separately. That's a different incident. But let's talk about um, before we, we go on. I just I want to ask. And uh, did anyone see the images that went around on social media? I did. Of, OK, uh, absolutely brutal, uh, bloodied lip, bruised uh, and, and beaten girlfriend of Mason Greenwood. Um, did anyone listen? Well, the audio was, I was, I was going to say, if you didn't listen to the voicemail, um, I would give legitimately fair warning. It is not for the faint of heart. It's absolutely brutal to listen to. And I I've, I've seen a couple of, of, of terrible people, um, on social media. I'll, I'll credit Twitter for being the cesspool that it is, uh, ask questions about why she was recording. 
And I have a I have a beautiful little follow up, which is that she's not recording because she was trying to trap him. She's recording because this isn't the first time it's happened. You don't record something that you don't know is going to happen. Yeah, I think you raise a very good point. Um, it's just disturbing on every level. I think, you know, United, I'm glad that they obviously disbanded from training um, and he won't, that he won't be playing any matches for the foreseeable or hopefully infinite future. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really, Jeff, I think, I think you made a good point, but there isn't really much to, for me to add anyway. It's just yeah, shocking and atrocious. I'm going to add one thing and I don't think I can add any more about what you guys are saying, but I kind of want to talk about now what that does for some of the Manchester United players. And the first thing that comes to mind is Marcus Rashford. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy that, you know, here's now his opportunity. You have, you have a, one of the main staples kind of bombing it down the right. I know Rashford, you know, kind of the left is more of his preferred side. So we'll see what happens there, but Mm -hmm. here, there, there's another two wingers. Martial, I know he wasn't getting a ton of playing time, but Martial and Mason Greenwood not playing now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, this it's is kind of dark, but I also I also hope this makes Jaden Sancho a full time starter finally. Oh, Jeff, you're muted. Suddenly, United have a, a surprisingly clear front three. It's either Cavani or Ronaldo, and it's Rashford on the left, and it's Sancho on the right. It's kind of solved at this point. The, the problem becomes that where there were six players, maybe even seven players for, for those spots, there are now three or four. Um, uh, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of depth at left wing or right wing. It sounds like that was part of the reason Lingard was not allowed to leave in January is that if injuries happen, Lingard's probably a starter on this team. Right. I, I do want to go back to Mason Greenwood. I, I just think it's worth adding one more thing. And it's that, it's, it's really shocking and, and sad that a player with this much potential and a very bright future ahead of him and the world at his feet, this is who he chose to, to become. And you look at his teammate, Marcus Rashford, his own teammate, who is barely any older than him and has decided to use his wealth and standing and his platform to feed hungry kids around England. Uh, a player who will be applauded off the pitch if he's substituted anywhere, even Liverpool fans where, I mean, just from what I'm seeing on Twitter, would want to applaud this man off the pitch if he was subbed. And it's just, you know, it, it's shocking that, well, not shocking, but it's sad that this is, you know, what, what Mason Greenwood um, chose to make for himself. But, yeah, I mean, it will give, uh, you know, we'll give up other players the opportunity to step in. Sanchez, and, the, the, even yeah. the Jesse Lingards. Let's, let's also, let's provide a little context. This is the same Mason Greenwood that was kicked out of the England squad with Phil Foden for breaking a quarantine in Iceland to have a couple of girls over while among other things, Phil Foden had a pregnant girlfriend at home. So we'll, well, that is like, you know, ethically not great, but uh, not criminal in any sense, but, but, but shows, shows you at least that, that this may have been something of a pattern. Mason Greenwood, also a player who's been left out of the England squad because a combination of, of Southgate and his family and just kind of everyone in charge making the decision that the youngster needed to be kept out of the limelight and, and the moment may have been too big for him when there were younger England teammates who never seemed to have that problem. It, it almost feels to me like someone somewhere knew that this is at least the kind of person he was and wanted to avoid him being in such a spotlight because they knew this kind of thing would come to light, which we can, 
you know, as we find out more, we'll, we'll kind of uncover who knew what ahead of time. But we need to we also need to acknowledge uh, the, the incredible bravery of Harriet Robson to, to come forward, because that's not an easy thing to do. And she deserves everyone's, uh, you know, best wishes and respect, because it, it really it doesn't matter to me that, that, a, that a football player's uh, career was wasted because she's going to deal with this for the rest of her life. Uh, and I, I could honestly care less if Greenwood touches a pitch again. You know, you know Greenwood chose to be a repulsive piece of shit. Harriet, uh, sorry, I didn't, what was her name? I wanna... Harriet Robson. Harriet Robertson is not choosing to be abused by a repulsive piece of shit. So I don't, I, like, anyone who's concerned about Greenwood's career can honestly fuck off. Um, but let's, uh, we want to transition a bit. Um, if, if we're ready to, yeah, let's let let's pivot to what you came here when you when you signed up for a box to box international break episode for. Uh, the truly the great thing about the show, we've done some incredible international breaks. We've cast Premier League uh, teams as uh, you know Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or or whatever you. We've we've done some fun stuff before. We've we've done sexiest elevens with it with a Tinder tiebreaker. Um, between Manchester United and Liverpool, don't and forget those. Ox, moments. We needed Oxshaw to weigh in on that. Actually, we had to call him in on that for a little cameo. Right? Yeah. And, and, and this week, we in fact have uh, a heck of a, a heck of a competition. Oxshaw and I have assembled our best non-athlete 11s. So these are real life human beings that actually existed, but they could not be pro athletes. And Alex and I will be judging and pick, picking yes. a winner. Um, uh, are we going entire lineups? At a time, uh, or are we going position, 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 position? Like we so, position, position, position. Yeah, we're we're definitely going position by position. But uh, let's start. Let's start with the touchline. Who do you got running your squad, Akshay? Um, I got Mike Dean running mine because uh, that means my team gets at least uh, plus five or six wins from non uh, Mike Dean affected matches. <laughs> oh, so you've taken him. Uh, you've taken him out of officiating. That one outright. That's it. You, you've taken him out of officiating. Two judges of this are a Liverpool and an Arsenal fan. I'm pretty sure I got you beat here. <laughs> Hi. Um. Uh. The the two judges of this are also Americans, and so on my touchline, I'll take. The founding father, George Washington, a tactical, brilliant mind. He's a man motivator. Don't tell me those freezing cold winters during the Revolutionary War. Those soldiers didn't stick around. He, George for Washington anything less than George Washington. Winter Premier League schedule. Uh, exactly. George Washington could do it on a rainy Mike night Dean? in Stoke. He could can do he it on a rainy Mike night Dean? in Stoke. No, Mike, can he sway no, Mike Dean's decisions his team's way? I don't know about that. I'm going to stop you guys for one second. The fact that neither of you guys picked Piers Morgan as your coach, I'm really disappointed by because watching him coach from the sidelines would be absolutely incredible. Um, he might appear later. We have 11 spots to name. That's true. <laughs> I don't think. Right. So let's go. Know. Let's go. With, let's who, who is who puts on the gloves? Who's in keep? Okay. Um, I, I've I've gone with I've gone with the the six foot four, 180 pound weighing. Big axe swinging leader of men. He's a he's a marshal at the back. He's a big tall man. You ben know him. You know him as Honest Abe. Abraham Lincoln <laughs> in cage. Let's go. Very patriotic. He cuts down man. posts. He doesn't maintain them. Dude, he cuts down defenders and gets away with it, bro. He's like Pickford back there. 
God, no, it's like Sergio Ramos. Like Ramos, just, like bodies defensively. Uh, actually, who do you got to compete with the with the the six uh, foot four wingspan of a of a built man? Like that's the other thing. I've picked athletes, like maybe not professional athletes, but I've done some research and I have built a team of just athletic human beings. And let me tell you, Abe Lincoln, athlete. God damn. Well, I picked Ann Coulter because she repels everything that comes even <laughs> remotely close to her. So I'm pretty sure she'd be a good goalkeeper. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I got Come on. I mean, I got to hand that one to Ox. That's comparing Virgil van Dyke to, I don't, I don't know, Martin Skirtle. I, 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 I want to give Skirtle some respect. Virgil I van Dyke. One, <laughs> yeah. I thought one of you guys would you think that guys wouldn't want to hurt a girl. So you would put the hottest girl in goal. So that they wouldn't blast shots at her. Oh and no! Use, believe and me, that comes later. Mr. Advantage. So I was expecting a, a Zendaya or a Rihanna in goal, um, but I do like the angle. Zendaya and Rihanna aren't even in the same universe. Come on now. I agree with you there, but Alex, I think that we should go, Alex, I think we should go position by position as well and choose. Yeah. And Akshay, well Akshay can I ask first? Akshay, what are you lining up with? Because I got a proper four-four-two coming. Oh, I got a four-two-three-one on my docket. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. So, so we, we both have a back four, which should make it easy. You guys want to start it right back? Yeah. Yeah. So, so hold on. Let, let, let's, uh, who's our winner by position? So for, for, for manager, uh, who, who are you giving it to Jesse? For manager? Mike Dean's just phenomenal thing. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, honestly, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff, but th- th- that is some five D chess from Akshay right there. I got to hand. Jeff, the memes, the memes always yeah, win. I, I feel like I'm gonna lose to the greatest meme squad of all time. I might have to pivot on the fly here. Yep. Uh, how, how about how about uh, between the sticks? Who's got the better keeper? I, who do you who you want back there? We're we're going with the physical specimen. American, probably one of the greatest presidents of all time, Abraham Lincoln, not even close. Made in the USA, baby. Alex. So was Ann Coulter. Coulter or Lincoln? I went with Lincoln. (laughs) Uh, Ann Coulter. I mean, we're not not talking about great individuals. We're talking about people who are going to do their job. And Ann Coulter's job is to repel, right? It's to push people away. And I think she does a phenomenal, phenomenal job with that. That's 3-1 me. Let's go. Akshay, Akshay, talk to me about your right back. Who you got? Who you got on that flank? Uh, well, I didn't really pick the positions of my fullbacks. I just picked two of them. Okay, I, I got writer's block on my fullbacks, tactical. but uh, I'll, I'll give you my full. I, we can say both fullbacks together. I think. All right, go for it. Go for it. Um, I kind of got writer's block on these ones, so I went with Kim Kardashian and Honey Boo Boo because one of them has a fullback, if you know what I mean, and one of them has a fullback, literally. So. Yeah, that's the best I could come up with. Sorry, Good lord, Akshay's pure memeing, and my team's about to run all over him. I, I on the right over Honey Boo Boo. Oh yes, I am because on the right I've got all the high ideas. Man, he's got the creativity. He's got the high ideas. He's going to be whipping in those beautiful balls. A creative outlet for my team. Weighing in at five foot eight, 156 pounds, and just wait till you can see what he can do off the pitch. He's keeping the locker room vibes nice and bouncy. Bob Marley, famed lover of football. <laughs> and your other one? Oh, on the other on the other side. Now. On the other side, uh, you better believe that I um I'm bribing every single official in this game. I'm bribing the fans. I might bribe your own team because I'm throwing out at left back Prince William. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. taking Prince William. He's a lefty. Like, so you want to talk about prison FC? Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Alex, your pick. Um, 
All right, I'm giving this one to Akshay, uh, both of them. I think, you know, as a full back, you should have a full back and a full back. So I think Akshay hits a nail on the head in this one. Akshay, I'm going to give it to you as well, but if you pick Kim Kardashian and you wanted chemistry on the other side, the fact you didn't pick Jay Ray is disappointing. <laughs> Woo! Um, so I'm I don't. I don't think Ray J would be that great at threading those passes to her. If you know what I mean, though. Well, you know what? Uh, everything will be on video, so don't worry about it. <laughs> they, 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 their, their film review is going to be no, phenomenal. No VAR needed with those two. All right, all right, Akshay. <laughs> uh, I, I think I got you on this one. I got, I got a pair of absolute units as my center backs. I, so, I'm Akshay, talking. Akshay's I'm talking five one so far. Sorry. Big. I'm talking oh, I'm big bad. One. Yeah. Akshay is up 4-1. He's up 4-1. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Okay. Five one, five one. Okay, no, no, hold on. Sorry. Fullbacks hold together. Okay, okay we'll count fullbacks as one. Okay, I'm up 5-1. Okay, yeah, five yeah. One. All right, yeah. 5-1. All right. 5-1. For my, for my center back pairing, the first one, Akshay, I hope you're fully recovered from COVID because um, you're going to need some of your senses for this one because if you smell what the rock is cooking and, and, and right next to him, Right next to him, a big bad man who speaks softly and carries a big stick, Teddy Roosevelt. That one I knew about. Police commissioner, cattle rancher, secretary of the Navy. That man knows how to defend. And next to him, he's got a unit. That's in the work of the field. Without bulldozing the entire field? Ask the University of Miami if The Rock can play football, okay? Oh, man. I, 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 those are pretty solid. Um, for my center backs, I, uh, I actually went with Alex and Jeff, uh, because if they're as good at sliding, uh, into tackles as they are, uh, if they are as good as sliding into tackles as they are as sliding into girls DMS, then I think I'll have the best center back pairing in the premier league. Wait, center <laughs> mid pairing. No, these are center backs. No, this is center backs. Oh, sorry, center, back, right. center, backs. Center, back. center backs. Make no mistakes. Oh. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, Akshay. Yeah, dude, Puri. I'm sorry. This one automatic. I'm going to have to give this one to Jeff, bro. Like, Puri, Puri might default, be ashamed. I mean, that, by default, you, 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 you just handed that one to Jeff. That's like Liverpool center back pairing in like 2013 with like Colo Torre and Ragnar Klavan. Okay. I mean, no disrespect to Jeff. I mean, that entirely is. But Akshay. Ragnar Klavan. Surely when you no get other to, huge clubs in Europe could have won when, that guy. Am I right? When you get to my strikers, let me tell you, they're going to run wild through me and Alex, okay? I, actually, I'm not going to try. You, you put me on the other team. It's 13 on 10, my guy, because I count as two. Look, Jeff <laughs> picked the closest person to Akin Fenwa as possible and Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it's even close that Jeff takes this one. All right, Akshay, you got, you got two holding midfielders. I got two center midfielders. Let's go there next. Actually, I wouldn't call them holding midfielders necessarily. I'll say my two midfield picks. I'm, I'm thinking of these guys as like versatile midfielders because I feel like in a 4-2-3-1 lineup, I want my midfielders to be as versatile as possible, right? So I went with the two uh, most versatile actors in Hollywood, in my opinion, that being Christian Bale and Charlize Theron, who oh, are that, that's, mentally, that's a pairing. and physically capable of transforming themselves for any role. Very impressed with them, and I think I'd be very impressed with them as versatile midfielders. All right. I, I went a slightly different direction. I went way, way back in time, and I took two guys, one of them who's just the fiercest fighter you could ever want. You know, he's, he's my Roy Keane in that midfield, and then next to him is the absolute engine, the guy who never gets tired. So first off, 
that that enforcer, that center midfielder who's going to lay down the law, Leonidas. And next to him, the guy who can run for days, two days, in fact, two days and 150 miles, and then he kept on running, the marathon man himself, the guy for whom the marathon is literally named after Phidippides, the Greek hero. I love it. Alex, yeah. you some pages out of the Greek national team for this one, huh? <laughs> I repeat your, your center mid pairing again. Sorry. Uh, I went with uh, I went with versatility. I want my two midfielders to be as versatile as possible in a four two three one. So I went with the two most versatile actors in Hollywood. And you said Christian Bale, Bale, Bale was the other one. Elise Theron. All right, I, I, I'm gonna go. It's gonna be pretty even for me on this one. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna give one point to uh, for Akshay for for Christian Bale. And I don't know uh, the guy who the marathon is named. Like, I don't know his name, but you don't you don't know Philippides? You're you're hurting me. No, I'm sorry, I don't, but I feel like that's a more compelling case that you made. So, honors yeah. even for- All right, so, so, so split from Purry. How about Jesse, where are you awarding your two points? Oh, we're doing two points for this? I thought we were doing one. Just- uh, I think no, we're no, doing we're two, two for the midfield, too. Two for the midfield? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the exact same as Alex here. Yeah, I think Alex was spot on with what he said. Beautiful little split decision. So oh, man. Seven, five, me. No, six four. Six, four. Six, four. six, four, six, four, six, four. Yeah, okay. yeah it's five, track, three. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, Akshay, you got a left winger and a right winger, yeah? I do. All right, let's let's go there because I got a left midfielder who um, – My remaining uh, I got a left winger, right wing, a cam, and a striker. All right. Um, uh, let, let me start on the right with the guy who's going to be cooking up absolute creativity, okay? he He's a chef on the pitch and he may have had a trial for Rangers at one point in his career. The six foot two, almost 200 pound man has collected over a dozen Michelin stars in his career. Gordon Ramsay. Oh God. (laughs) This pool is fucking undercooked. George Washington doesn't even need to give a halftime talk. Gordon Ramsay's got it. Gordon Ramsay would have been a good a good choice for manager, but 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 he's got some playing experience. You got to let the players play. Jeff, who's your right back gonna be overlapping Ramsey? Bob Marley. Wow, that that's a good that's combination a good of the chillest there. man and the least chill man on the planet. Listen, that that's more creativity than Akshay's entire lineup. Oh really, Akshay, you're up. Akshay, yeah. Akshay, okay, who, who's go, on the right I wing? My, I gotta get my wingers together because they fall into the same joke. Um, okay. My left and right wingers are Mia Khalifa and Jenna Jameson because I feel like they're really good at spreading things wide. <laughs> God damn, God I damn it, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, this is brutal. We, we don't even know who my left winger is. Oh, no, I'm it's brutal. No, Alex is two points. Me. We got eight for me. No, 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 no. For the right, I'm going to give Akshay Mia Khalifa. All right, all right, Mia Khalifa beats, beats Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. And then we got Jenna Jameson lining up. Um, her counterpart, let me tell you, he's a little bit wacky. He's the one guy on the team that I'm not sure about. But he is a lefty, and he played some high school soccer, so I thought I could shoehorn him in here. And also, um, he can literally scale a building because he's just built different, okay? The mission of trying to beat Oxide's team might be impossible, so I've called upon Tom Cruise. At left wing... Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, a lefty. See the way he runs? Yeah, a lefty and a high school sure. soccer player. And Akshay. Akshay, <laughs> beating, beating your Mike Dean team might be Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise is built for that mission. 
Bro, getting Tom right. Cruise to run with Winger's pace is mission impossible. Come on the come on, get, get the fuck out of here with that. Uh, I've had this. Hey, Archie, Archie, you want to take your wingers and, and have them in a foot race against Tom Cruise right yeah. now? Anna Jameson, post boob job, could still run faster than Tom Cruise. I guarantee it. I don't need I don't need this disrespect right now. Oxide, who is who's your right back gonna be uh, uh lap? Let's say uh, Mia Khalifa is probably faster, so I'll pair her with the slower fullback in Honey Boo Boo, and then Kim Kardashian paired with Jenna Jameson. We'll just get some absolute jiggling going there. I feel pretty com- I feel pretty confident that it would be an incredible video, but my left back could handle that entire right attack. Prince William could take them both. So, so I'm gonna give the on the right side. You got to give it to Akshay. One because uh, Gordon Ramsay is just gonna mess up the entire key- team chemistry. I could hear him just screaming at Bob Marley and him being like, calm down, man, calm down. And um, (laughs) on the left side, got to give it to the man that does his own stunts. Sure, I'm sure if he could do his own stunts, he could play some soccer. Give it to Tom Cruise there. I still got questions about that pace. All right. I'm looking at 8.5. Is that what everybody has? Yeah. So far, Alex? Uh, Let me double check. One, two, three, four... Alex, you already – I'm counting that because you already gave the right to me. So you're just way down on the left. Yeah, it's it's Alex's choice on the left between, yeah. what, Jenna Jameson and Tom Cruise? Yes, correct. Perry, where, where are you going with it? Jen Jameson, Tom Cruise? Uh, Jen Jameson. I, I, well, I'll give you know, yeah. I'll take right. that. I'll take that. We take right. these notes. I, I right, should I say my cam? Where are we I at? just want to point out the difference between someone that's single and someone that isn't. He went with both. I only went with one. <laughs> okay jesse I, i'm a little surprised I, th- I thought the guy who's uh who's single who's out there every night would have would have gone with only one and, and the guy who's who's stuck in a relationship might be going with both different different outlooks on life i guess uh or, or the fact that my girlfriend's listening to this style. podcast and i have to say this good answer right good right answer jesse yeah. great answer great answer that is a good answer <laughs> shout out Brittany. um Yo, shout out Craig. Shout out Craig as well. You don't shout know out Craig, y'all. Um, but anyway, so actually, talk to me about your cam because I got a pair up top, but I'll, I'll have one that, that that fits into the shadow striker energy. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a pair. Um, my central attacking midfielder is Johnny Sins. I feel like he's really good through the middle. He's really good at, at splitting the center back, splitting them. Sure, splitting yeah, them he's, really, he's really good at splitting things through the center. <laughs> All right. My, uh, my striker pairing. Um, well, for starters, I, I don't know why, but I got, I got Waza into my head. Maybe it's the fact that Darby County might not be uh, relegated despite their, uh, their massive point deduction and the way he's got them playing. And I just thought of short, angry men that I want on my team. I went back and I watched the highlight of, uh, of Rooney complaining to the referee about the tackle and then smashing the half volley into the net on full stride, just an angry man. And that's and a short man. And so I'm combining that uh, and I'm taking a little man who, uh, who got kicked out onto a French Island, came back, got kicked out onto an even smaller Island, He's short. He's angry. He's got a whole complex named after him, Napoleon Bonaparte. Alex, I'll start. I'll start this Go one. Go for it. It, it wouldn't have mattered. Jeff's picks. Ox, I went to the wheelhouse. One too many times for for the lack of creativity in terms of a three. I know that you need chemistry, okay? But this, and I know I know you need you know you want three guys kind of supporting the attacker. But for the lack of chemistry, definitely giving it to Jeff. 
Yeah, I, I need to say, you know, Akshay, you, you need diversity in, in your lineup. You have three very similar players in the front three. They're not offering anything different, okay? Oh, so, wait till yeah. you hear my striker pick. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Akshay, oh, Akshay, let's let you go to striker. Let, what's the score? Hey, so I just want to clarify. We're at 9-7, right? Yeah, so I, I have to sweep Before striker. Before I get my striker pick, I want to make sure I've already won. Oh, you haven't already won. If I sweep striker, it's a tie. What do you mean? I only have nine, one seven. Yeah, but I can get both their votes. That's true. Jeff's oh, at nine, Akshay's at seven. This is facts. This is facts. So, um, so, all right, it's 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 bad that it might be bad for me, but my striker <laughs> pick is Riley Reed because someone's got to clean up those sloppy Akshay, you went to the well <laughs> too many times. You went to the well too many times. Oh, Akshay. Akshay, you got to stay off the internet, homie. Oh, the end of the second half of this lineup and my, you know, my mind. Akshay's a, listen, box to box. We we can't have international breaks like this because when Akshay's not up watching Premier League football on we weekend mornings, he gets a little lonely and you don't want to know what he's up to and where he got the motivation for this team. Listen, when it when it comes right down to it, you need an absolutely lethal finisher, okay? When you got Gordon Ramsay and you got Bob Marley and you got Prince William and you got Tom Cruise whipping balls into the middle, you need a lethal finisher. You need the most lethal man you could possibly put together. Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> Absolutely lethal. Yeah. Well, Alex, I will start this one off. I'll let you have the deciding Go for vote. it. Go for it. Speaking of finishing, you pick Johnny Sims and three women. Okay. So let's start <laughs> with that. Second, this is a P this is a PG 13 show, and you pick three women and a guy that's a gang ban. I gang bang. I don't approve. Okay. Ivan the ter- Terrible from someone that enjoy- likes history. This is when do you bad. like history, Jesse. What have I ever heard you talk about history? Ever. I'm a big, ever. I'm a big history guy, believe oh, me. Big history. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big history guy over here. But look, regardless, Ivan the Terrible, that guy's a bad man, and you need a bad guy up top. You need a Diego guy. Costa, yeah. Luis Suarez. You, look, you need the mix of a guy that can bite someone's ear off, tear someone's ACL, and keep the play going. Okay. Ivan the Terrible is going to do that. Akshay's just crying, laughing right now. <laughs> yeah, Akshay, the obvious choice it, it, se- it seems that we're ending up tied. Uh, I feel like the... the I just want to should... say this. Jeff, the only reason you got this tie was because of mass murderers and too many porn stars. Uh, so? Hey, you didn't yeah, Akshay. Getting the job done, okay? Listen, yeah. Akshay jobs done. More porn stars at the top. Bad analogy. Akshay. Actually, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pivot to a lightning round. You got three lightning round super subs. We're going to go back and forth okay. just off the top of your dome. Just start listing people to be your super subs. Go for it. Anything else, Akshay? Pivot. Akshay, let's one at a time. One at a time, then Jeff go. So. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, go first. I need, I need crap. Okay. All right. You know what? I, I, need, a, I need a super sub who, who's really going to gonna invigorate the team. Who's gonna be the? Who's gonna be providing that spark when when it's been beaten down? When this game goes to 120 minutes because it's tied at full time, right? I need someone who's going to just provide that spark and and truly, truly just spark joy in the team. I think you guys know where I'm going. No, do we not know where I'm going? No. Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, the sparker of joy. She will pro- provide the spark that our team needs. Okay. Ask yourself, does Marie Kondo spark joy? Yes. All right, Akshay. Oh, what is this your answer? person. 
Isn't she the person who, uh, definitely not me delaying, but isn't this the person that w- came up with that whole method for like getting better at cleaning where it's like every time yep. you enter a room, leave yeah, it the, take it with you? Yeah, the, the Netflix series, Organize the World. Uh, she, she tells you, get rid of anything in your life that doesn't spark joy. So I'll get, I'll get rid of Akshay's entire team. Oh, but that's not true. Give me the porn star still, but everyone else can go. Um, actually, I have a, I have a good super sub. Uh, uh, super sub center back. Uh, when the defense is tired and or the defense, the offense is tired and not able to swiftly avoid him, uh, I'll go with Phil Swift, the flex tape man, because he can just flex tape the entire offense or just flex tape the goal. I guess I could put him in goal too, and then he just flex tapes the goal and nothing gets through that. In fact, maybe yeah, he's a better goalkeeper. Sub goalkeeper Phil Swift. Oh, a bold choice. A bold choice. Here's the thing: super subs aren't normally goalkeepers. When you look at a player who's going to make it. All right, so put him in center bench. He can help Ann Coulter uh, tape up the. Uh, the goal, and hopefully he takes up Ann Coulter after that. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still giving this one to Jeff. Jeff is taking the lead. Wait, yeah. we're counting these scores? Oh, yeah. yeah. These ca- Akshay, this oh, is overtime, baby. Yeah. You got to yeah. you gotta put some work in. Uh, uh, Akshay, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I got to follow Alex, okay? You mentioned Phil Swift, and you didn't mention Billy Mays, okay? And I'm a big <laughs> Billy Mays guy. Oh, my God. Oh, this <laughs> is just – I got to find what big guy Billy Jesse. Mays, okay? He's died on the airplane. Night. Big Billy Mays guy. Big Billy Mays guy over here. Okay. 11-9 to Jeff. 11-9, Jeff. Super sub two. Jeff, you're up. All right. I- I'm going to take a guy that I think you're all familiar with. Uh, listen, uh, he – I don't know. I-, I don't know what to say about him. Uh, so-, so I don't think I will say anything about him. Instead, I am going to uh, – I'm going to paste something in the chat, and I want you guys to take a second and click on this link. Uh, this-, this is my super sub, okay? See this. this better not be a Rick roll. <laughs> oh, it's Rick Astley, baby. Rick Astley, the super sub. I did call it. I'm Rick rolling the entire stadium the moment he gets subbed in across all the speakers. Listen, right, he, he's, he's an response? 80s icon, okay? <laughs> and he's never going to give up, all right? He's going to fight until the 128th minute after all the injury time, after all the Washington time. It's not Fergie time anymore. It's George Washington time. He's going to be there. He will never give up. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess I could do uh, a midfield option. I could do – Who's a, I don't know. Any – Neil Armstrong is a cliche choice, but basically any famous astronaut because they'd have, like, lung capacity twice the, the normal limit of any – But he's anybody a super else sub. He's, yeah, actually, he's only got to play a couple minutes. Yeah, so he can sprint extra fast. Look, man, I don't know. I'm not good at improvisation. I'm sorry. I'm giving this one to Jeff, dude. Neil Jeff. Armstrong should be – Neil Armstrong's the guy who you rely on throughout an entire season. You can put those 90, 120 minutes in shift uh, back-to-back. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jeff here as well. That's going to close it out for us. And I do want to just because I was thinking about this, I would like to throw in my three super subs. Number one is two. John – Sorry, no, I'm going to throw in what, what would have been my three because – We don't even need a third, Ox. I already swept it. Oh, He's up right. four. Okay, number one is John Cena. You can't see him on the pitch at all. The How the hell are you going to defend him? Okay. Bravo. And, and no one's predicting it. You can't see him, so no one would imagine you. Did, my, my, only worry, my only worry is he's rather famously feuded with The Rock, and I don't know if he fits on my team. He's a great super sub for Oxide's team. But I don't know if he fits on my team. The chemistry might be a problem. They, they respect each other, other enough. They're one and one in WrestleMania, I believe. If I'm, I don't know, I barely yeah. watch it. So it, it. 
know, know enough about it. Number two is Keith Richards. If this guy's gone to war with drugs for 40 years, okay, if that didn't kill him, nothing will. Okay, this guy's still playing on the, you know, still plays uh, guitar for the Rolling Stones. Eight, like 80 years old, still rocking it. I want to go to war with anyone. It's that guy. And number three is when you need a prayer, I'm calling on Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> listen, Sam. I'm not going to lie. That's where I was going for my third. I kept it in the bank in case Akshay uh, had uh, yeah. picked up any points. But but Jesus was my number three option. <laughs> I, I like that one, Jesse. I mean, honestly, def, def, that's a winner right there. So, so I want to transition the conversation for one last thing before we wrap up the show. Sure. And we didn't really talk about, we talked about, you know, going back to actual soccer, we talked about the big winners and the big signings, but I want to go into, if we could just talk maybe each for 30 seconds to a minute about like one, you know, someone that was a loser. And I understand that deals are very hard to get done in January, but there were a lot of deals done in this January. If we could just talk about maybe, I'll, I'll start us off for, um, just a loser for this uh, January transfer window. It's just North London in general. Um, nothing from Tottenham. Oh, no, are... no, no, no. Tottenham have a negative and then they signed Rodrigo Bentancourt. That's a uh, Is it a positive that Delhi's gone? Well, it's not just Delhi. How about, um, how about in, uh, what's his name? Ndombele. Ndombele. But they got yeah. in Kulisevsky, though, who's, who, I, who I happen to rate. I mean, he's not... Obviously, I mean, I don't think he should be starting at Juve, but I happen to rate him. He, I think he's talented enough young player, skillful, got a very good future ahead of him, in my opinion, if he develops properly. Look, I don't think – I'm not, I'm not really saying much. You know, they just didn't do anything, and they're in a position, actually, as mediocre of a season as I think a lot of people would rate them. They're actually in a very good position to potentially finish top four this season, so I'm a little yeah. bit surprised. It's in their hands. Um, if they win all their games in hand, they go fourth. I know. Yeah, it's, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't have um, a bigger January. But you know, talking about negative, um, I'm not as reactive as a lot of Arsenal fans are about the lack of moves in the January transfer window. They did end up spending $140 million in uh, in the summer. But nothing. I mean, just just nothing. The I'm, I'm very surprised that a lot of these guys, such as um, Bruno, the guy that was on Lyon going to Newcastle, I know that was an Arsenal target. I mean, when was the last time we said that Newcastle outdid Arsenal for a player? Um, for for a $45 million player, too. You I know, know. who Arsenal really should have gone after? Zakaria, who went to Juve, played CDM. Definitely, I don't know, I think it's definitely a step up on Jaka. Look, I mean, they were they were so focused on uh, Dusan Vlavic, and that, he didn't, I mean, he, this is a guy that barely picked up the phone probably for Arsenal. There was, there yeah. was zero interest from him. Um, then, they, then they tried to turn their attention to Isaac from Real Sociedad, who all of a sudden they got hit with a $75 million release clause because they weren't getting rid of him, um, mm-hmm. who I think is going to be a phenomenal player. Isaac would be phenomenal. I agree. Isaac is a phenomenal player. Then Man U gets linked with Basuma. You guys said I was crazy last week when I said that that would be a good fit at Man U. All of a sudden he gets linked. It didn't happen. But Arsenal have been linked with Basuma for years. Nothing there. Um, there's a lack of depth in the midfield. There's a lack of depth at striker. And I understand that they don't need too much because they only have EPL games left. But there's nothing. They're going to lose. They may lose Lacazette over the summer. Um, because they let Aubameyang go, which I'm in kind of indifferent about. I'll give you guys. I'll be going depth on it next week once the deal's announced. Um, they didn't get rid of Nketiah now. And so he's going to walk away for free over the summer. Lacazette may walk away for free over the summer. Um, I don't know Bobby hang out the door at least. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, what no, I, actually, yeah, that. I don't know what I don't know what I feel about that because Lacazette. I'll tell you, Lacazette's not scoring, and I don't. Aubameyang wasn't either, but I think there's still a player in Aubameyang. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna. I don't, think he was don't, I don't know if Aubameyang actually. It's not confirmed yet. It will. It will happen probably over the next day or two. But they, yeah, but the BBC is saying that uh, that it has been. Um, um, the move's gonna be announced tomorrow, but the BBC is saying that. Aubameyang has joined Barcelona, so that that looks set. That's done. Look, I I I think it's more of a question mark over Barcelona than it is for Aubameyang because who knows how much how many minutes Aubameyang is going to get with the ninety thousand strikers Barca have. Um, okay. So it's very puzzling for January for North London, um, both teams, and I, I mean we'll see how. I'm, Aston Villa, Aston Villa made some moves picking up Callan Chambers. Not a great player. Coutinho, for no one's talking about Coutinho. That's oh, a Coutinho, big one. Sorry, Coutinho. Um, thank you. So we'll see what happens there, but definitely think disappointing for both both sets of fans. Yeah. Um, but my disappointment is actually um I guess it's I guess it's a couple of teams. Uh Watford seemed to make a couple moves. They have like six moves between the three and five million dollar values, which is an interesting choice. Newcastle made a couple of big boy moves in terms of uh Bruno. I'm gonna butcher that last name, so I'm not even gonna try it. Uh the, the Leon uh midfielder. Uh bring in Very Trippier good. and and a huge win for them and a huge loss for Burnley is is them bringing in Chris Wood Chris and Burnley Wood. replaced him with a, a striker from uh, the Bundesliga, from Wolfsburg, who's only a year younger at 29. So it's not like this Burnley team suddenly got younger, but they just provided, you know, their competition for relegation with uh, a guy who knows how to bag goals in the Prem when your team isn't as good as the team across from you. Mm-hmm. He, he knows how to do a lot with a, with a few chances. He's been in relegation scraps before. And I think that's a terrible bit of business by Burnley losing him. And Norwich absolutely sat pat again. Uh, they, they did absolutely nothing. I could have seen Todd Cantwell after his loan expired uh, coming back to Norwich. But nope, he's back on loan down to, to Bournemouth, who get him until the end of the season at least. And I'm just a little surprised that there, there seems to be a lack of, of effort by either of those two teams. You see Watford throw a little money behind trying to stay up. You see Newcastle obviously throw crazy amounts of money trying to stay up but Burnley and, and Norwich both kind of seem resigned and it makes me feel a little disappointed that Norwich is my pick to stay up I still think they're my pick to stay up because uh they're the only one of the four teams I listed with a with a ginger American with a pension for scoring goals so I'll, I'll take I'll take Josh Sargent to keep him up but I disappointed that they sat pat and and kind of excited that Burnley did because Burnley fans should be disappointed in this window but I'm excited because there's a chance that the English Getafe no longer play in the Prem uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, you know, okay, so Burnley lost this transfer window, but the Premier League might very well have won. Exactly. I look at that. Yeah. Alex, why, why don't you kind of, you know, continue okay, it in the next an odd one. And I, I, you know, I haven't really given it too much thought. Um, but in terms of a disappointment, uh, and I mentioned Kulosevsky, I, I kind of, I don't know why, but I kind of gravitate towards him with my answer just because I think that. This was a guy who still had a pretty bright future, um, you know, at, at Juventus. He wasn't, wasn't going to get first team football, but he's scored. A, he's um, you know scored a couple this season. He's got a few assists. I don't think that um, you know obviously would have started, but I still do think he could have made an impact coming off the bench. I would have preferred if Juventus had loaned him uh, rather than outright sold him because look, Dybala is getting old. His contract's about to expire. 
Murata looks likely uh, to be exiting as well. Um, so, you know, Juve are probably going to be in the market for forwards or, you know, with a couple going out the door. I think Lusevsky still could have had a place uh, in this team. He himself said that he hopes to return. Um, so I, I would have hoped that Juve would have at least put a buyout clause or, you know, at least just, just loaned him out. But look, we'll see how cool something does. Uh, I hope he'll be getting a lot more action uh, at Tottenham. And if he does, I think he can still develop into a good player. Having said that, I don't really know what, what where Tottenham are coming from for this because, you know, Harry Kane is still there. Hyung Min Son, uh, who can play out in the wing. Steven Bergwijn, Lucas Moura. Uh, so Tottenham already have their their fair share of wingers. I don't really know what they were thinking going after Kulusevsky, but yeah, that 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 for me is the the most disappointing one. Alex, I take it from here. Uh, I'll uh, yeah, definitely all the guys you mentioned the biggest losers. I'll I'll give a quick shout out to Wolves as well. Um, this is a team that you know is struggled to be in the top 10 last season uh, is now back to, you know, basically where they were the season before that, where they're, you know, challenging for the top 10 and, and, you know, having a relatively good season by their standards, but, you know, given that they're only, I think uh, one or two wins off of the, uh, off challenging for the top four or the, you know, for European football in general, uh, I would have expected a little more ambition from them in this transfer window. And we didn't see that at all. Um, Pretty much the only move of note that they made was letting Adama Traore walk to Barcelona. So um, I would have liked to see a little more drive from them, maybe try to make a couple, uh, one or two good signings to try and push for that top four or top five place, because they are in that fight. They are very much in that fight. Um, and, you know, they only need one or two good signings to put them over the edge to challenge teams like West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal for those spots. Um, so I would have liked to see a little more ambition from them. But, you know, who knows what their long term plan is right now? Yeah, I don't know, you know how much I think Wolves are, should be a disappointment. I mean, they did stick with their guns with some of their guys had a lot of interest. I know Ruben Neves was a guy scouted by multiple teams as a very good center mid option, um, right around probably the 25 to $30 million mark. And they kept him, um, not getting, get, not getting rid of him. So I don't, I don't know how much I agree with you there on Wolves. Uh, just also not, I, I don't know exactly where, who you bring in to really like, bring them so much higher than they already are. Like I'm just thinking of the guys that are on loan. Like, I don't know if I could think of anyone that I would like immediately go, Oh my God, that's a game changer for them. I don't know, Alex, if you agree there, uh, Jeff. I'd bring in a winger, maybe replace, you know, bring in someone that can fill the gap that's been left by, you know, the downfall of Adama Traore and, you know, John Potence hasn't been a great, I, I don't think he's been great for them. Uh, yeah, um, so I would maybe look to replace him in the starting lineup, maybe bring in a winger. Uh, could have brought in Kulusevsky, who I cannot seem yeah. to stop talking about. The, the defense could still use fortification. I think the this, I don't, I don't, I can't even remember what Wolves' consistent defending four is. But I've never, from every time I've watched them, they they've never had what looks like a particularly solid looking back four. It'll get the job done most occasions, but you know it definitely could use some fortification. So I, I definitely see holes in their lineup that if they wanted to make that push for the, for the, for European football, they definitely could make a couple of those uh, signings to fill those holes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how much the triority thing I, I pers- as you guys know, I think triarity is very overrated. One goal this year. You gotta be kidding me. Like in 17 starts or something, but I don't, I don't know how much of a downfall he is. I mean, if you're not putting the ball in the back end that you're not doing your job, if you're playing up top. So, and, and base, I think like no assist or like one assist this year. So um, I don't think he's doing his job up there anyway, but, Alex, do, uh, Jeff, do we want to say anything else before we wrap this up, up the show? No, I, I think, think that's we're it. Good. Jesse, close us off. Absolutely. So if there's anything to be learned, if you pick two porn stars, that's okay. 
Three's a threesome, four is a gangbang, and a gangbang always loses. With that, we will see you next week. For Jeff, myself, Alex, and Akshay, take care.